0: preparing to uh, wish the nation a happy birthday, welcome to
1: the Pot.
0: Happy birthday anyway. This uh, podcast is going to be going online on the 25th of May, which is our Argentine listeners will be aware is the anniversary of the revolution beginning. It's one of Argentina's yeah. two birthdays, the yes. um, 25th of May and the 9th of July. Um, so to our Argentine listeners, happy 25th of May uh, when you hear this. I'm Sam Kelly and this week I'm joined in his own living room by English Dam. Hello and welcome to my living room, I guess. And an English Dan's living room by Andres. Hello and congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, We're an Argentine football podcast, so that will be the last heard of that, at least until the listeners' question section. Uh, But thank you very much, Andres. It's a pleasure to be back on top of the world again. As a Manchester United fan, of course. Um, I shall read out the results from last week, I think that we got all of the Libertadores games covered at the end of last week's podcast, didn't we? When did be- last week. Were there any in, on the when Thursday? did we record? We recorded on, did we record on the Thursday last week? I think we did. It was... We, I remember... San Lorenzo
1: was just kicking off, I think. That's right? right, yeah. Yes. And then
0: I read out the scores after that. So, oh, the scores from the Argentine First Division last week, at any rate, were Atletico Tucumán 3, Banfield 0, Belgrano 1, Patronato 1, Lanús 2, Atletico de Rafaela 0, cutting that run of wins for Atletico de Rafaela short at last. <coughs> Sarmiento 1, Tasheres de Córdoba 4, Boca Juniors 1, Newell's <laughs> Old Boys 0, Tigre 1, San Martín de San Juan 1, Union de Santa Fe nil, Arsenal de Sarandí 1. That mm. is a particularly big result uh, that we will be talking about some of the repercussions of later uh, because it throws things very wide open indeed in the relegation battle. Independiente 2, Huracan 1, Godoy Cruz 3, Belis Sarsfield 0, San Lorenzo nil, Aldo City 1, Tempele 3, Colon 0, probably the most surprising I don't know if result, but scoreline of the weekend for me. I'm shocked. Uh, given how strong Colon have been in defense. As
1: Gustavo y- Pointed out, Lucas Mancinelli's first Premier goal, the ex Atlanta. Is it?
2: Apparently so. Wow. But, Sorry yes, to tweet about it. There is another Mancinelli, but that plays oh, in Guilherme. Federico Piracan. Mancinelli, of course, yes.
0: yeah, for account, that's, yes. that's why I was surprised, yeah. Uh, Thoughts of the surname. So, congratulations, man. Lucas.
2: So, and indeed. congratulations, Gustavo, because...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, living vicariously yeah. for his ex-players.
2: Uh,
0: Quilmes, nil, Defensa y Justicia, 2. Rosario Central four, Racing one. In spite of which, Dan has still agreed to come on this this week's podcast. Olimpo three, Estudiantes de La Plata one. And last game of the weekend on Monday night. Quite unusually, really, but they had Libertadores, action, of course, last Thursday. Oh, so we didn't record last Thursday because I didn't mention the score. Um, Gimnasia y Esgrima La Plata nil. River play three. Um, let's begin. Rather than go through the big five, let, let's since I mentioned it already, let's begin with that Arsenal victory over Unión, um, which was secured with a 79th minute goal from is it Lucas Rolon? Leandro.
2: Leandro Rolon. Thank from, you. From
1: know. from Abeles. Or Leo. Striker. Leandro or Leo, one of the
2: two. It's uh, Leonardo, I think Leonardo, Leonardo. because he's a uh, yes from Marbella. Yeah, from
1: ex yeah. Velez youngster, ex-Argentina under-20 player, brother of uh, Maxi Rolon, who is in uh Barcelona, you set up and got released.
3: Yeah.
2: He's a teammate of the Korean that uh, scored a penalty against Argentina under-20. He was, not? yeah. Now oh. he's been
1: released. And he's currently
2: without a club, I think. Aha.
1: Uh-huh. So, anyone's is looking for a young Argentine talent, Indeed. he's probably not the guy to go to if he's been released. <laughs> the reason uh, that that win throws the cat amongst the
0: pigeons in the relegation zone is that Arsenal have looked uh, kind of doomed, really, for the last few months since the turn of the year. Um, but that victory takes them out of the relegation zone. Somewhat surprisingly, they're only just treading water. But they are now four points ahead of Quilmes, and they are point uh, two nine. No, sorry, point zero two nine of a point per game ahead of Tempele. We can't give an the exact points total because obviously Tempele mm. haven't played as many games um, as Arsenal have over this period in the Primera. Um, but the fact that Arsenal are no longer in the relegation zone is, is an interesting one And it's also a slightly damning one Because of course they went out the Copa Argentina yesterday to Sacachispas Sacachispas um, We will get into that and particularly into the story of how Sacachispas got their name We have mentioned Sacachispas' funny name in the past But I didn't I know how have, they yeah. got it, I only found out yesterday So we'll go into that a bit later um, but yeah, so Arsenal beating Union, especially <laughs> in Santa Fe, is a really surprising result. Union have a very strong home record, as we've mentioned a few times in the last and few weeks. it's another weak uh, record in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. only
1: their 18th point this year, which is terrible, considering they've won about three of their last five games, I think, as well. this, this season. Yeah, this season, I'm yeah. saying, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> um, <a> dreadful.
0: <laughs> it really is. Uh, I, I just want to see whether there's any mention here of how long they had gone without. Um, without a ho- away victory before that one, well, they win. because their previous win- oh no sorry there games wasn't, that there wasn't because was no, the was they beat Orica away in the twentieth round, so it was only yeah. actually they won two and lost one of their last three away games. Yeah, which is if you consider enough. they won one of the uh,
1: first nineteen games and now they've won three, three of the five. last six. Yeah. <laughs> No,
0: three up
1: of the last five, because that, that you nil-nil know, ah, pair of is the yeah. uh, one that's been called off a lot of times. So. Three of it. the last five and a half. Three of the last five and a half, yeah. yeah. Shows that contrary to Ubelis, Umberto Grandona really is a coaching
2: genius. Yeah, yeah, you just have to give him time. Just have to give him time or Arsenal, Indeed. Apparently. He's the Alex Ferguson of Sarandip. Yeah. Talking to- uh, about uh, Umberto Grandona, not only him, but I watched him him and also Marcelo Ballardo when... Uh, Arsenal and River scored their goals mm-hmm. to lift their hands instead of celebrating the goal. I think that that's why that's because they have they might have talked or they might have uh, made the decision of not celebrating the goals when they are away because of the supporters that can throw throw things or or, the, or that can insult them. Or hmm. I think that has to do with not uh, trying not to uh, to bother the the, the home supporters or something like that, because it was strange, both of them, uh, Humberto Grandona and Marcelo Gallardo doing this, like lifting their hands Mm -hmm. as a signal of the, well, feeling good because of their team scoring a goal but not celebrating it with a shout or
1: yeah, it's definitely surprising from Grandona because he's never been afraid to provoke before. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so he's found that you know he's had a right to Damascus moment somewhere along the line. Indeed, and he stopped being a complete dick.
0: If that is the good. thinking behind it, then you know yeah. more of that, please. Uh, but I doubt that it's going to catch on personally. And I
2: find it strange because well, if you can't celebrate the goal, that's just well, we are fact sorry for for the strong word, but uh, it's. If it's like that, it's uh, terrible. Indeed.
0: Um, it, it has been terrible for some time, unfortunately. But yeah, you're, you're quite right. Um, also down in the renegation zone, Tempele, uh, as, as we mentioned, got that very surprising 3-0 win over Colón. Would not surprise me at all if that's the first time all season that Colón have let in three goals in a game. I'm just going to check that now. Yeah, I um, think it's more
2: surprising cologne Colón three. Than Temple is scoring three because oh, in their no. home stadium, no, it's not. in well, their home stadium they have they have been scoring uh, at least against uh, Racing and well no Sarenso was away mm. but uh, it's not the first time mm. they score the uh, three goals in a single match. But
0: wo- we've we've talked about it actually yeah. about how they they try to play the right way. you're, you're, you're quite right. So uh, they've been to play themselves out of trouble, uh, but they haven't always been so clinical. They're, they're slightly inconsistent. Um, up front that sometimes they have a good day, as they clearly did the other day, and sometimes they don't. But yeah, the only previous team to score three or more against Cologne this season yes. were Boca Juniors, who beat them 4-1 in that one era. it was finale, right? It was, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So well done, Tempele. Um that They'll be probably a bit frustrated exciting. that Arsenal got that victory as well to keep themselves just ahead. Um, for Cologne, light.
2: even uh, anyway, it's not a surprise for Cologne. Perhaps the result is, sur- is surprising, uh, considering three goals uh, when they have been solid in defense. But uh, it's historic for Cologne to be near the top positions mm. until the, the 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 last rounds, and that then falling uh, It's something that when well not not in the last years, but uh, I know uh, the last decade it was usual to see Cologne in the table. Yeah just fighting for the title until the the last four or five rounds
0: indeed it looks like history might be repeating itself yeah. um, it was a good weekend I'm just looking really I think in, in the relegation battle Huracan are the big losers because they lost to Independiente with that last minute goal from Walter Reviti almost the last, last they were touch rot. of the game um, <laughs> Dan might say that but I thought Independiente <laughs> were quite comfortably the better side albeit Huracan obviously took the lead halfway through the first half and then Tried to play on the counter for the rest of the game, so yeah, they penalty had a lot of possession, struggled to find the way through, but eventually penalty ninety fifth no. minute winner. It's, yeah,
1: it's yeah. true that the recommendation,
2: yeah. the recommendation that the uh, the FIFA or the I don't know who who was the the one who rec- recommended referees not to analyze whether their the hands are uh, deliberate instead in terms of the intention they have mm. to, to yeah that's been a new. Handle
0: director, um, direction or something for me, that or for FIFA, yeah, in the last few weeks. Seems a bit strange doing it halfway through a season, or partway through yeah. a season. But
2: That is, yeah. if they uh, occupy a space that they shouldn't occupy and, 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 and handball, that's a penalty, independently of the they want it or not. Mm. To, well, the player will say that they, they didn't want to, to handball. Yeah. But uh, in that match, there were just, one, for one team and for the other, two uh, plays that could be very very slight in terms of the difference oh, and well there one, one, one was awarded and the other wasn't mm,
0: indeed uh Barco, the young child that we've spoken of before in recent weeks uh, mm-hmm. got that penalty equalizer for independiente in the 80th minute and then as we mentioned Walter waltereviti nodded in a winner with virtually the last touch of the game um in the 95th minute after a
1: brilliant goal from Gigliotti, it must be said. There was, yeah. Imani Gigliotti.
0: Um, to, to get himself on the score sheet again as well. Because yeah. it took something like a year and a half to get his first independent goal. And then he scored a couple in recent weeks. And now he's uh, bitterly at the wrong end. But, but you know, again, count, yeah. in the action. Um, for Uracan this time. No, that's fine him, anyway. Uh, but that defeat for Huracan means that... Um, a few other teams have been able to catch up with them because Olimpo came out with you know I mentioned Temple smashing Colon as a surprising result Olimpo beating Estudiantes three one even if it was at home uh, is equally surprising <laughs> I didn't catch any of it but um, wow hmm. how did that happen uh, and, I didn't watch
2: it so
1: I have no idea
2: <laughs> and coming back from being one nil uh, down in yeah. the score
0: yeah fairly early Estudiantes goal as well from Juan Otero um, and Olimpo came back with two goals it was a, a weakened it's the, the team right it was a slightly weakened one because yeah. they were in Libertadores yes. uh, action and they're trying or have they now failed to have they finished their group now yes yeah, so oh, yeah, they are they're in, in Sudamericana I think of no? course yeah sorry they're, they're finishing their group Oh, tomorrow tomorrow evening uh, So oh. Thursday evening they're at home to Botafogo and that they could is still do it. A, they need a draw yeah. um, to qualify for the Sudamericana uh, they're already out of Libertadores that they can secure third place with a draw if Botafogo thrash them. Um, Oh, actually, no, if Botafogo win at all... Oh, sorry, hang on, no, I'm getting this mixed up. Atletico Nacional are the team at bottom. Um, So if Estudiantes lose to Botafogo and Atletico Nacional can beat Barcelona de Ecuador, Um, Atletico Nacional will leapfrog Estudiantes on goal difference into third. So Estudiantes need a draw against Botafogo uh, to secure Copa Sudamericana. Um, place and for that reason I suspect uh, they were playing a weakened side but still an impressive win for Olimpo and also in the relegation zone Aldo Civi, who I mentioned in my predictions last week mm. I said I think San Lorenzo will um, I think I said they beat them, I can't remember exactly it's written yes. down on the blog anyway um, yeah, have I, did. To be very I said, even, Aldo I said yeah. even though Aldo Civi are the kind of team uh, who could cause San Lorenzo some, some trouble from time to time and they, they beat them 1-0 mm. I should have Really put my predictions where my mouth was, but there we go, Alan alegre scoring the only goal of that game, which I didn't pay much attention to so I for, can't really
2: say for, it. for what I could watch, it was a very, very poor game for both sides, mm. but because see well, was uh, had seven defeats consecutive defeats before that match, yeah and they of course they threw the ball uh, up as they as they could the way they could, they weren't very uh I mean uh, they didn't have any any fluid uh, fluent play like for example, people who are in similar position in the regulation regulations of Bandai they, they play differently mm. and, and C couldn't do that and uh, they uh, they took advantage of a steady defense from San Lorenzo in a, in a, a corner kick, I think, and Navarro couldn't uh, get the ball uh, and left it there in the box and Alegre was the one who Caught the ball and, and scored. Yeah, uh, and it
0: means that uh, Al have successfully uh, passed the first of these this uh, pretty awful run in that they've got in the relegation um, battle because their next four games yeah. you'll remember from last week um, are all against big big five clubs as well. But they were doing pretty solidly up until that. Independiente Racing Boca Riera in order before what could be. um a battle for the, to avoid the final relegation yeah. place depending on how well they both do against Olin on the last day Yeah,
1: I was going to set- say they were done pretty suddenly until that run of death
0: yeah they had a seven match unbeaten run um, sort of at the end of last year and then in the first yeah. couple of games of this year before they started just losing left right and centre yeah and then, I
1: guess losing seven games in a row is never going to help you particularly is it no it's, Funny it's, that.
0: it's that old football adage I don't know that much about football but in a row. you know
1: trying not to lose seven games in a row yeah. would seem important
0: indeed um, and the other, uh, or can we mentioned that patronato Patronato got a draw didn't they, in their way to Belgrano uh, in a pretty awful match, all told. As mm. you might expect
1: from um, Belgrano versus Patronato. on the way. Yeah, I can't played. imagine many people watch that. Indeed. So, Sarmiento, can we start lighting the, the relegation some, candles? Some down. I
3: mean,
0: yes. uh, yeah, talk of they've only got just under a point a game, but they've also got so many other clubs that they need to leapfrog mm. and. When even Atletico de Rafaela started to pick up the odd win here and there, I can't see Sarmiento getting more points than, than yes. After four r- one of those other clubs, not even with
1: Brian Fernandez's firepower. I didn't even know he'd left, and he's just <laughs> turned up in Sarmiento's first team and scored. That was weird. Not even him. For not me. even him. But I think they're doomed.
2: And and this fall is just bef- after uh, getting that uh, uh, very celebrated. Of course, uh, it's obvious that they will celebrate the. the, the draw against River in the Monumental, Mm. and after that, they again were uh, just uh, awful. I think they conceded more eight goals in two matches, and then I don't remember whether they conceded another. Since mm. the 1-1 draw with River, which was in the
0: 21st round of matches, they have lost 4-0 to Colón, 2-0 to Banfield, drew 2-2 with Patronato, and then just this weekend got thrashed 4-1 by Tacheres which means that in their last uh, four matches they have conceded a 12 goals um, and scored three which isn't a great return yes. uh, again
1: yeah. just like losing seven matches in a row if you lo- <laughs> let him 12 goals and only score four you're going to be in trouble
0: see these teams need to think about bringing you in now I think so I, the I think team. you know
1: these these snippets of information well, can really serve in the you, relegation race
0: you elucidate the things that other people are afraid
1: to think. Well, we joke, but this is probably the kind of stuff that goes into a caruso lombardi tinto. <laughs> it's like chicos, if you lose seven games in a row, you are gonna go down. Don't lose seven games in a row,
2: and it works. So, yeah. you know, we laugh, but he's doing. And, and if you defend like Sarmiento, you will, of yeah. course. Yeah. But because, but the what caught my attention was the easy, the easy way in which Tacheres broke the, the, their defense. Uh, they they could. Uh, do what they wanted all the time and you're fighting not to be relegated yeah they got absolutely kind
0: (laughs) yeah Tacheris themselves um, had uh, that was right yeah they've had a pretty bad run they lost two and then drew against Belgrano the previous week but they're you know back to firing all cylinders and I sort of think that to an extent maybe they've just relaxed a bit because they're way clear of relegation
1: yeah they've not got that much play for Um, if they get into Sudamericana it's a bonus
0: exactly uh, and they've also had a couple of things going on behind the scenes because the, the guys who own them are thinking about offloading mm. part of their interest in the club or something like that, I think it is. Um,
1: Pachuca, right? Pachuca, the same Mexicans. company that owned Pachuca. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's Pachuca. not called themselves Pachuca. Own. Mm. A holding company, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so weird.
0: Anyway, yeah. up to the title race and <laughs> to. Well, we might as well just use our general big five rundown now. Boca Juniors, first of all, the league leaders got a 1 0 win over Newell's Old Boys thanks to a. What I'm assured was a golasso from Dario Benedetto, but I've still not seen it. It was, it was. Because I missed the first was just half. Just trying to get hour. the moment back
2: in my head, it was good. Good moment to, to just put the ball at the hmm. yeah, perfect for his right foot to hmm. to shoot it and, and, and beat Pojolncic. Hmm. Uh,
0: as I said, I missed the first half hour, and Benedetto scored 27 minutes in, so I only just missed it. Um, but from what I did see, Newell's. Um, I, I don't know whether to say kind of hard done by um, it was mm. it was actually not too dissimilar to the to the Europa League final a bit earlier right. with nibbles playing the Ajax role where they had loads of possession and just couldn't really work out what to do with it no, I, I can't remember any clear cut no, uh, chances or any attempts and so Bocca were able to just sort yeah. of go well you know we've got the goal we don't have to do much else just keep them at arms like and get the result that you know that, that they needed.
1: They could have scored a couple more, but To be mm. fair, they could. I uh, yeah, yeah, one had a had one where he did some amazing control coming through and then a terrible finish. And then there was another. Well, I can't remember who was responsible. There was
2: a couple. Yeah. There was one in the first half fair from result, Mules for uh, Max Rodriguez chipping the ball, but not being, of course, accurate enough to yeah. to finish in a, in a goal. But yeah, not very much from Mules which is perhaps. Uh, Hard to, to, to understand because uh, you think of the teams that uh, were not so shy and they attacked Boca and made the, the disasters they made mm. to the defense. And well, in Sarralde now he's uh, injured and couldn't uh, be there anymore. I think it, I don't remember the minute in which or the moment in the match in which he got injured. Mm, so it looks a lot
1: more solid though, with, with Tobio yes. in the middle. In well, the the other thing is that looks a
2: lot more balanced in midfield
0: as well with Pentacor and Barrios off at the World Youth Cup and Barrios fantastic yeah, exactly. absolutely fantastic uh, this is something that I saw one or two um, I won't say Boca journalists but one or two journalists who um, I noticed p- seem to pay particular attention to Boca's games they sort of they're like mm-hmm. us they, they, they tweet about most of the matches that they watch in a weekend right. but uh, they, they strike me as, as pretty good and relatively neutral commenters on Boca in particular sergei Levinsky being one mm-hmm. I can't remember what the other one is um, and they made the point before this match, uh, shortly after the Super Clásico. One of them was saying, um, next week, you know, Bentancourt's going to be out of the team because he's off to the World Youth Cup with Uruguay. And it would not surprise me at all if the midfield begins to look much more balanced and it's going to be a complete accident because Baron <laughs> is going to be obliged to put Barrios in the team because is <laughs> not going to be there. And afterwards, everybody's going to be going, oh, well. Eventually, Barros Quilotto managed to find some balance in the midfield. And actually, no, he hasn't done. Don't be fooled. They'll look much better next week, but it won't be because of Barroso Uh And sure enough, he's right. I mean, the midfields, you know, Bocca weren't brilliant for, for the team who were top of the league and, and the you know, league's top goal scorers and everything. It was a fairly mundane performance. Um, but they just looked so much more professional in midfield.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were. They never looked like losing, really. They were even drawing. They got the goal and... Just close out the game
0: from there. So they're probably hoping, or at least a lot of Bocca fans are probably hoping that Uruguay go a long way in uh, the World Youth Cup. I don't know how they've done so far. They'll go further than Argentina real. at least. But, I you know. I that. That
2: it has to do, I think. I think that it has to do clearly what what we, what Guillermo wants for the midfield because you have a Bendango who you might like it like him or not. But he looks like a fine player with yeah. He a clearly wants more possession.
1: Food. He wants to keep yes. the ball in the middle and um, has the quite other way
2: It's more like a Cerna style mm. player yeah. uh, that uh, goes for the for the rival and tries to block the, 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 their 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 passes and, and and more like a dirty game in turn Of course, not in a in the real sense of the of
1: the world. No, dirty would be Pablo Perez. Yes.
2: <laughs> Right, you're right.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Um, so
1: then there were two, two title challenges. I you think reckon we can say now? Let's see. Yeah, that.
0: definitely. And we've got, of course, San Lorenzo lost, as we mentioned. No, to San Lorenzo right, uh, to Aldo Cibi. San Lorenzo began the weekend in second, which is why I mentioned that. Um, and Newell's obviously lost to Boca, uh, which, as Dan says, really does narrow the title <laughs> race down because it means, combined with Reba Plate's three-nil win on Monday night over Gymnasia which was almost at walking pace I mean Gymnasia on a, a poor run I think that was their fifth defeat in a row was it or their, or their third or yes, fourth Yes, I think five, many many defeats. many defeats where are Gymnasia not let me just give me a second <laughs> uh, yeah they've been awful so. it was yeah their fifth British, defeat in a row British and their fourth defeat. game without scoring any goals so it was sort of one of the the most particular against at Riverside I think Drop points yeah. in three matches. Three them games I've lost were um, pretty fucking hard. Oh, absolutely. Central, yeah, it's San, it's a tricky San Lorenzo, Racing,
1: Estudiante, and now they got Colón away. Just to make
0: point
2: it
1: point. easier. Um, but, you know, they're not on a good run. Ooh, they could be on. I'm in Aldo City okay. territory
2: soon. After watching the game against River, of course, River did what they had to do, or they did what they did to to to, to win and to, to, and to play the very, very, very well. But I understand now, uh, Alfaro saying that even if he won, had won the the Clásico against estudiantes, uh, he would have left. He said that that his decision his decision was to leave, even if they had won. I don't know if they had won seven nil like estudiantes did with Gimnasia, perhaps that his decision would have been other and the, the other one. Yeah. But uh, he did. He said that. I think that because of the players uh, perhaps now are not uh, uh, perhaps. We we, we all the time say, or or Argentine football, the players say that to give everything for the team. And perhaps the players at that point, for him, for Alfaro, weren't Mm. doing that, weren't giving everything they had.
0: No, they they did have to play against a a highly motivated and full-strength River side because Marcelo Garciardo has now, River have have won their group in the Libertadores, they qualified uh, with three games. Sorry, with two games to spare. And they've won their group with one game to spare. And, and has made no secret of the fact that he's now, obviously, with the Libertadores, no longer being crammed all into one half of the year. You can afford to rotate the squad a bit and, and go for both trophies. And, and he wants to try and catch Boca in the title running. And as Dan says, it narrows it all the way down because the top two now are Boca Juniors with 52 points and River Plate with 48 points, which sounds like a comfortable gap for Boca until you consider... That River have got a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be played, against, it's away, isn't it, against Atletico Tocuman, and it's going to be played Wednesday next, Wednesday, next week. Yes. Um, so I think in the afternoon, so I think if we record next Wednesday evening. 9 we nine score. fifteen pm. Oh, no, oh, no, oh in that I case. Think, I think, yes. In that case, I suspect we'll be recording on Thursday next week. Um,
1: so next weekend, that might be we're not going to gonna have Primera Football or we will.
0: No. This coming weekend we've got Primera This coming weekend in a, yes. In a week other and a half one? in a week and a half no. Um, okay. I think River, River have got their game against Atletico Tucuman and Independiente will have their game in hand to make up against Defensa y Justicia. Um oh, I'm right. I am assuming that maybe they're going to try to play in the second half of Arsenal and Olimpo that, that weekend as well. What
1: about all the international stuff mm-hmm. so and Olimpo have, an have. It, going it's going to
0: be very It's going to be damaging for Arsenal and Olimpo of course but mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, the, the most damaging thing, because um, we were actually discussing this before we started recording, uh, is that, of course, River have got a, a few players. Uh, Nacho Fernandez, um, Olario, said, Lucas Alario and Maidana. Maidana, thank you, Andres, uh, have been called up for um, not Jorge Sampaoli's first... AFA. Uh, the AFA's first uh, Sebast- squad announcement. Of ah, Juan post- Sebastián
1: Beranz, apparently that's uh, what really? Victor Blanco said okay. on Monday so, that so Verón of, put the signature on it
0: uh, of, of the uh, I'm sure we all about Sebastian really. Verón's squad announcement I wonder how he didn't make the squad himself then I mean if he put it together not that we're being conspiratorial I wouldn't like to speculate for, for I know that
1: Blanco said that in his role as national team director or whatever he is Verón was the man who put the squad together uh, of course not Sampaoli who is not an employee of the no. Argentine Football Association yeah. and thinking that he would arm a squad Put together a squad without having a contract is just ridiculous. Well, the this professional a, effort we have. At
2: least finally, San Paoli said for the uh, supporters to whistle at him mm. that I am. Um, I, I must serve my country. My country needs me. Argentina needs me, and I I will be the, the coach. Yeah, I'm just not
1: sure why team. he said it before the game. Why not say it after the game? You know, so everyone doesn't boo but you after this game. After a really good after season. After game, Didn't they, they played. Yeah, oh, when yeah. his name came over the Tannoy the
2: he got whistled. Oh. But then, mm. then after It's the, a bit harsh because he's but, been really good. But then he uh, he travelled on subway and and he got mobs. Yeah, he talked Sounds. with the supporters. In a apparently in a good way, not any insults or, or, or rare, which is good thing.
1: But we still don't know when he's going to put pen to paper, right? Uh, we uh, he's
0: going to be in Buenos Aires on I think tomorrow. tomorrow. I think he arrives in Buenos Aires tomorrow, and he's expected to sign over the weekend. All oh, uh, right. So I mean. We'll see, but uh, anyway, the, the <coughs> so we were saying that um, what seems quite likely is that Alario, Maidana, and uh, Fernandes uh, will be allowed to play against Atletico Tucuman, and then will travel to catch up with the rest of the squad in time for the Singapore friendly. Then, but not yes. for the Brazil friendly in Melbourne, right? Yes, but as I don't you went know the Brazil friendly is. as you
2: said of the record. Uh, Maidana, uh, Alario, and, and Ma- uh, Moreira Yeah, d- depend uh, on the technically suspended. Uh,
0: Um, but we'll be playing as it stands at the moment due to Article 225 which we mention every few weeks uh, which is this uh, if your team has got a member on on international duty uh, then you can have a player's suspension postponed until after that player's back and River have got a couple of players, at least a couple of players with the Argentina under-20s at the Youth World Cup Three, Three players Thank you Andres if uh, Argentina get eliminated from the Youth World Cup...
1: Which is looking fairly likely. Which have they to might to be tomorrow or over the I weekend? I think it's
0: tomorrow morning our time. Um, about eight, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning our time. So they might have been, by the time this goes online, eliminated uh, from the Youth World Cup. Then Article 225 will run out. Um, and I think that Alario Moreira will be able to play this coming weekend because the players won't actually have returned to Argentina by that point. <laughs> But they will then not be allowed to play next Wednesday against Atletico Tucumán. So, River players, uh, just as Boca, play, Boca fans are hoping that Uruguay go a long way in the World Youth Cup, River fans in particular will be hoping that Argentina um, scrape some kind of result together and can qualify from their group, because they haven't started well at all. They got thrashed mm-hmm. by England, 3-0, in a game that we did not once. Well, assuming you didn't watch it down. I, no. I didn't, because it kicked off at 4.30 in the night morning. they we were unlucky? Um, and... Uh, then they lost to South Korea, two one. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting in their of... That
2: will be a real problem for Gachardo because um, if Alario isn't uh, available, uh, well, the going to only
0: pick, option that have to pick Mora instead. I mean, how will he Mora is before? injured as
2: well as Laronda. Oh yeah, right. Yes, is, isn't he? Laronda <laughs> La again <laughs> injured had an overuse again. Hmm. Mora and Mora is, will. Miss the rest of the season mm. because of a synovitis. I don't know how to say it in English.
1: Synovitis.
2: It's like some liquid. Th- no, sinus, it, it does synovitis. No, that's ah, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. of course. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so yeah, build up a liquid on his on yes. his knee or cartilage yeah. or something else yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it's. It, it, and yeah, I also an right.
2: two is injured. So there are three strikers that aren't available, and if Alario isn't because of this suspension. Uh, it will be uh, Driusi and the only options.
0: Yeah, or possibly Driussi and, and Andrade, maybe, yeah. but you would think Driussi leading the line with, with yes. somebody else. It will be rea- really complicated, I mean, they. It's still a strike force that uh, a lot of other managers in the division would love to put out. Of obviously, course. If it comes down to that, and, it, and if River Sink, I think, are saying, right, we, if we can win uh-huh. this, <coughs> we're only a point behind Boca, um, it could be a slightly more interesting match than otherwise. Uh, Have we not mentioned any of the... Oh, we mentioned Independiente... Oh, the only one of the big five that we have left to
1: mention, sorry, though, are Racing. Oh, I almost got away with that. Um, What happened? I'm going to put it this way. Um, If when Rosario Central fans started pelting the field with baby dolls decked in a New Zobwe shirt, I don't know if you saw that, Racing would have been better off picking up four of them, and sticking them at the back and taking off the entire defence. And we might have looked a little bit more solid at the back. Because it it was a shambles, really.
0: The surprise wasn't so much that Central would win, but the manner in which Racing lost. Uh, because Central, of course, had been in magnificent form since Paolo Montero took charge at the mm-hmm. start of the year. Yeah, um, it was
1: a strange, strange match. Like, But Racing... Have, I mean,
0: not brilliant, but never that poor in recent weeks. But, uh, well, actually, you, you watched, I'm assuming you saw more of the Tempelier defeat a few weeks ago, which was 3-0 than it, I did. Well, it's on a
1: par with Tempelier. Basically, it's when when the other team come forward with with force and with purpose. The Racing Defence just don't know what to do. You've got Gaston Diaz at right back, who's the worst football player ever. <laughs> It's just completely useless. I thought when he got would stamped have, on the head on Sunday, it might knock some sense into him, but would, would you unfortunately, have, it made him worse. Would you have if back in oh, the team ahead of him? It's such a difficult choice. It's like choosing whether you die from a gunshot in the head or from a, you know, from a hideous long-term battle with cancer. You're like what's what's the pick? Well, which one do you I'll, choose? I'll take
0: The gunshot in the head. please. Pashud's a bit
1: more like cancer, and Diaz is like the gunshot. Like Pichaud is probably more. You no, debilitating, but over a longer term. Um, you know, just to have insult to injury, two of the goals were scored by ex-Racing players, Teo Gutierrez and Washington Camacho, who mm-hmm. never scored. I think he scored one in all his time at Racing. Yeah. And he was giddy with, with smuggery, with, sco- with scoring um, against Te- Racing on Teo, this Teo,
0: meanwhile, apologised.
1: Hey, Teo, we're alright well well. with Teo. You know, he Guns might together. have pulled a gun Sorry, guys. on Saka, but at least he did something in... in in Racing no it was it was a it was a bad game for Racing very very bad another game where like the team just looked all over the place again missing Marcos Acuña you know as a mitigating factor because Acuña really is vital for this team and once he got on the pitch it was better at least
0: he's he's coming back from injury right he's played the last 20
1: minutes or something yeah he missed the game against Independiente and he missed this one against Central and his absence is sorely felt, really. And As these, is absolutely. Lautaro Martinez is—he's hmm. uh, obviously having a while of a time in South Korea, where he's had his nose broken and been sent off for an elbow. So he's—was it an elbow in against England? Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen any of the game at all. It was. I haven't even
0: seen the game.
2: But games. it's incredible. I'm talking about Lautaro Martinez. Uh, Poor Lautaro. Uh, he's going to want to leave Argentina. And uh, yes. He should stay in Argentina. Finally his, like, his nose wasn't broken, so it was a relief for him to be able to play. Yeah. He says <laughs> he, he he elbows or well, it's not an elbow. It wasn't he
1: had his arm up high and makes contact. But the referee, it was a video it was like a video replay decision. Uh-huh. You know, and, they're trying this. <laughs> Just, you know, you, can, you know. I don't like to say that Racing's bad luck or anything <laughs> as some people do, but the first person to get sent off with this new technology has to be a racing player does not he?
2: And the the referee the explanation of the referee to for the because of the send, mm. send, sending off is this to point out that he was supported by the video <laughs> doing like this like a TV mm. and it's yes <laughs> just.
1: <laughs> I can imagine Nadal's <laughs> La rea- reaction to that. Probably inviting him to put that television. And, somewhere And now
2: won't be able also because he also was injured now. So is he think, injured? Uh, I, what I heard is that after the match, he he was like he had some problems and I won't be av- available for this. After uh, the, uh, well, that's weekend.
1: just great. Going into, uh, I fancy a chance against San Lorenzo, all the same, although I was gonna say, it's worth covering a bit. Uh, you know, leading on from this, the fight for the Libertadores places because that's where it's really got but interesting I mean, over the last I'm week.
0: just going to. I don't, we don't normally do this, but as we're getting towards the business end of a fairly long. Championship mm. now Not a l- proper Long season mm. Home and away against oh, Madrid, It feels so long It's a long season Time wise um, I thought I'd just Sort of look ahead Before we do the predictions To this weekend's um, Fixtures And also because There's not a hell of a lot Else to a couple From the weekend Just gone Partly because mm. I didn't Watch most of the games This weekend um, But anyway uh, So this weekend The fixtures are Aldo City Against the Independiente On Friday night And um, Colon against Ignacio Banfield, Temperley, Newells, Olimpo, Huracan, Boca, which, well, that's not going to provide anybody an opportunity
1: to get any closer to Boca at the top of the table, is it? The way Huracan play? Huracan well, can surprise you sometimes. They have that kind of capacity to just turn in a decent performance every now and then.
3: Do they?
0: They kind I'm of i going to bring up their recent results now. Where are they? Up, 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 up. Thank you, yeah. So, Orican's last few games, I mean, you might re- it might very well be that I'm completely misremembering, but. No, they've managed one win, and that was against Aldo Sibi from the well, last there that? 10 matches. One, two, three, four, five, six, nine games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not at all convinced that they'll get a result there. And no, I'm not
2: saying they get a result, but. And they it suffered. Really the shook me. They yeah. suffered the other defeat against Arsenal. Um, that was a big <laughs> one for them, yeah.
1: The others, um, they lost against San Lorenzo, they lost against Independiente. You say. Um, fair enough but maybe we'll see
0: San Martín against Sarmiento to complete things on Saturday oh no sorry Racing San Lorenzo Uh, San Martín against Sarmiento then Racing versus San Lorenzo who are two different teams I just heard myself saying the same name just I don't know whether I did Um, to complete things on Saturday and then on Sunday Defensive Ticia V Tigre Arsenal versus Lanús Tacheres versus Atletico Tucumán River versus Rosario Central which on the form book is probably the tastiest match of the weekend. Uh, mm. Two Very really, really strong teams going at each other in the Monumental. Uh, at de Rafaela versus Belgrano is definitely a match to not watch. Christ. Um, then Patronato against Godoy Cruz. I miss that one too yeah Godoy Cruz have always got some I mean at least they've got some talent (laughs) I mean (laughs) Rafaela Aledio de Rafaela against Belgrano are just two teams who no thank you Um, and then on Monday Estudiantes against Unión and Vélez at home to Quilmes so the sort of key fixtures for the title race there obviously as we say are Orocan versus Boca and then River against Central which might turn out to be the the biggest test Mm -hmm. of, of River's current very good record yeah Racing San
1: Lorenzo is going to be one to watch for that oh definitely yeah
0: but in terms of the the title race those are clearly the two key ones and then the Libertadores race um, and the Sudamericano race as well we shouldn't forget that Mm. Uh, we have so who's qualifying for next year's Libertadores I'll tell you first place obviously wins the title and goes into the group stage of the Libertadores Teams finishing second, third, and fourth will go into the group stage of next year's Libertadores, and the team in fifth will go into the second qualifying round. Remember, there are three qualifying rounds of the Libertadores, Um, and then the teams from sixth to eleventh, included, inclusive, uh, will go into the Sudamericana. So, as things stand right now, Boca, River, San Lorenzo, Newell's, and Banfield are in the Libertadores qualification spots, Um, and then the Sudamericana. Independiente Estudiantes Colón, Racing Central and Lanús. There is a one-point gap, however, between Independiente Estudiantes Colón, all on 44 points, and Newell's and Banfield, who occupy the two Mm. bottom Libertadores spots, so both on 45 points at the moment. And then there's only another one point beyond them to make up to San Lorenzo, who are on 46. So the Libertadores spots are all still very much up for grabs. Um, Say from third to ninth...
1: It's open, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then sort of for the Sudamericana, uh, Lanús in the bottom Sudamericana spot are only two points ahead of Tacheres and a of was Iudicia. They are five points ahead of Gimnasia, so I suspect Himnasia won't be in the Sudamericana. So, you have to have the win.
2: winner of the Copa Argentina, who is, in this case, River, yes. is in the, uh, this edition because they won it against Rosario Central in that spectacular That's final. Right.
0: And also, of course, the winners of the Sudamericana, if they turn out to be Argentine, also go into next year's Libertadores. Yeah. Um, rather than into the Sudamericana um, so yeah it, it's it's a pretty tight battle and beyond saying well I think Boca and River are probably both going to be qualifying for the Libertadores I'm finding it difficult to pick any other of those mm-hmm. three teams with any kind of real feeling of certainty uh, to even get into the Libertadores it wouldn't surprise me at all if Estudiantes um, snuck in there or Independiente purely on the basis that after River and Boca, those are the teams who've, who've lost the fewest number of games. You know they've been fairly consistent. In fact, Independiente have lost four, which is the same number of matches as River have. Um, you know they've they, they've been both been very consistent. But Banfield are in, in fine form recently as well, so maybe they can
1: cling on to fifth place. I suppose definitely.
0: Who knows, Dan? What have you got to say? You were the one who suggested that we do this rundown, so go on, say something. Just the fact that it's insanely
1: close. I mean, you come to the last five games of the season and. You say mathematically at least. What, well, down from fifth to, you know, mathematically, yeah. yeah even Olimbo could, could get in there with that game and in hand, you know, down in 18th.
0: And Orokan, mathematically, can still qualify for the Copa Sudamericana. Orokan are currently 25th. Um, <laughs> there you go. So we'll see what happens. I I feel fairly confident in stating that Orokan <laughs> aren't going to be in next year's Sudamericana. No, I
1: think that's safe. But above... Away from that, anything can
0: happen. Absolutely. Best um, one to watch. What else do we have to mention? Oh, the Copa Argentina. That was the other uh, tab that I wanted to go open. So, in the first half, we'll, we'll just do a very quick Copa Argentina roundup. Not least because um, Arsenal de Sarandia, out of the Copa Argentina, having lost, as we mentioned a little earlier, to Sacachispas, who got their name, which we mentioned before on that the pod, um, a very silly name meaning spark plugs. Uh, well I only found out how they got it yesterday Uh, does somebody want to say something who knows a bit more about what this film is exactly than I do
1: I did know about it and then I forgot about it understand
2: they
0: they got their name from some film in the 19 some children's film in the 80s to do with a a fictional uh, team and Sakocispas themselves it must have been the 70s because Sakocispas themselves was set up in about 1975 and, and yeah apparently one of the founders of this club when he set the club up, uh, got in touch with Carlos Perselle, the River Plate legend, who was at the time overseeing River's youth divisions, I think, and basically said, hey, if you get any um, you know, cast-offs, any kids who aren't good enough for you, you send them out and we'll give them a chance to play. Um, and so as a result, they, um, sorry, I'm just trying to find the Copa Argentina, sign As a result, they took to the pitch against Arsenal, this summer, and and they all wearing superhero masks. Um, before then, dumping Arsenal and the out of Copa Argentina on penalties. <laughs> A lot of the Primera sides, in fact, have been not taking the Copa Argentina very seriously. I think.
1: I think the funniest game about the funniest thing about Sacachipa game is that they have more fans in the stand than Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the fourth in the fourth uh, the fourth tier. Yeah, they're top C. of the Primera. C. I'm really going well to be to be honest. And it's. It's testament to some really good work they've been doing down there in, in Villa Soldati. I don't know, you guys knew that they got bought out a few years ago by uh-huh. the guys who also own Mercado Central. Uh-huh. The, you know, as the name suggests, the big you know, central wholesale market for, for Buenos Aires and mm. the greater Buenos Aires region. and my bunch of crooks. <laughs> i prefer not to comment on that. And since then. They put a lot of money in the, into the club. Their their little stadium, which is just off the the side of the um the Campora motorway down in the south, has got a lot nicer. So they put a new stand in. Um, they've had a few decent players come down because you know quite a few players that have kind of come in through from Buenos Aires to to the top of football are kind of from that area from Soldati and mm. then another club like um, El Chanchi Estevez was at the club a few years ago when I used to go down there because I was doing some stuff for him that's a different story um, so it's kind of been a process I think they've been in uh, Primera C for years now yeah uh, very stable and this year it looks like they're they're ready to take the step up and Primera to Primera B is a pretty big step but yeah, they've right. landed it They've laid the groundwork well. They've they've done like um, Guay Urquiza who are another kind of example of these teams who were pretty down in the dumps and then they had a fairly influential uh, new backer come in in Y's case it was the the Guay University who gave them a lovely new training ground all this kind of stuff. And it can happen, you know.
2: The Argentine
1: lower leagues are a fairly grim place it must be said. There's really little money very shit conditions i mean i remember when i went down there for the, to the first time for the first time to sagachipas it was pretty much the same conditions as i used to see when i went to see my old man play in uh, sussex county league division 2 but if you run it well there's room to grow so but congratulations sagachipas but you
2: you mentioned that they are perhaps about about to to promote to Primera B Metropolitana, and i heard from a supporter. I think I agree with him, Arsenal supporter. I don't remember it was too much ago. A As he said, we have a Primera B Metropolitana squad. Um, I, I think that's true uh, for Arsenal. Um, so well, yeah, after, you have to. Do
0: you think?
2: No, no, Primera B yeah. Metropolitana. He was perhaps too too hard, yeah. but. Uh, Uh, Playing against a team like Zacachipa Who is about to go up To the Primera Metropolitana And not being able to beat them uh, Shows you some measure of I mean he's got a
1: point If it wasn't for the average points Table they'd be Almost uh, Condemned by now right?
0: They would Their bottom of the Actual league table For the season Was 17 points points And 4 teams are going down Which puts If we had a proper relegation system uh, They would be 6 points off safety Uh, With five games to go Um, In the Copa Argentina so far Because we've not really talked about it this year There's been so much else going on um, I have had the impression Up until we started recording this evening That the Primera clubs haven't been taking things entirely seriously Because although more of them have have stayed in Than have gone out to lower division sides The margins of victory have Well, until literally... Uh, the first sort of 15 minutes or so of, of us recording coincided with the last 15 minutes of Defensive Justicia versus Sol de Macho which finished 3-0 for Defensive Justicia and until that none of the Primera wins were by more than a goal um, so the results so far stretching back over the last month uh, Rosario Central beat Cañuelas 1-0
1: Cañuelas in Primera D the yeah. 50
0: Banfield beat Chaco Forever 1-0 Chaco Forever in Federal A Federal A which is a levantar, labyrinthine um, regionalized third division. Yeah,
1: me and Andres just had a look earlier and we couldn't understand a thing.
0: Yeah. Huracán put Defensores Unidos of um, Huayhuaychú, no? Some in of Ríos, I think, yes. out on penalties after a 2-2 draw. Tigre went out on penalties to Deportivo Riestra after a 2-2 draw. Riestra in Primera
1: C, I think, Be. which is the... Be. Oh, okay, so they went region. out last year or the year before?
2: Oh, of course, yeah. That's the third division. That's the team in which Maradona went yeah. to some trainings. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he yeah,
1: occasionally yeah. coaches when he's not in the, the United Arab Marib- Emirates. Yeah.
0: Quilmes went out on penalties to Gimnasia y e de Mendoza for one on penalties after an ill nil draw. Independiente uh, won the Clásico Moshanense 5 4 <laughs> on penalties again after an ill nil draw. It was such an
1: amazing game.
0: It was a ridiculous one Independiente had a, a goal disallowed about three minutes in which should have stood of yeah. uh, that game and then couldn't find a way through thereafter um, Arsenal as we've just mentioned went out uh, the other day uh, yesterday as we record two days ago when this goes online to Chispas 5-6 on penalties after a 1-1 one, one draw Tajeres got a narrow 1-0 win over Defensores de Belgrano Belgrano who are not from Belgrano who are from Córdoba it's very confusing Put the Estudiantes de Buenos Aires out on penalties earlier on today. Defensa Justicia have just beaten Sol de And tomorrow is the chance uh, for another struggling Primera side, Vélez Sarsfield, to try and do it better against Leandro N. Alim.
1: From the D. And um, from where? The D. D. Yeah,
0: yeah, but from
1: where? From... General Rodriguez, I believe. Yes, it's, it's Greenter-Buenos Aires. Aires. it's Urbano. Um, yeah, somewhere. I know if the... I still got Daniel Cordoni as a, as a coach. Yes.
2: Leandro Nicefalo. Nicefalo Allen. That's their yes. name. The end
0: of. Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry, yeah. I thought you were giving us the name of the manager. But, but it's no, is Cordoni
1: still there? <laughs> Hello. Yes. He is?
2: Oh, no, I don't know if he's there <laughs> still or not.
0: The remaining fixtures have none of them have been programmed yet, apart from Venice versus Leon. you you're not going to yeah. go for all of them, are you? Um, but uh, there are quite a lot of them, actually, aren't there?
1: But I think we can take them. Yeah, as, no, I, I I'll, say I I'll
0: ignore them for now. <laughs> let's just, the main ones that are remaining are the ones that jump out. I mean, Newell's against Central Norte. Um, Boca are playing Gimnasia y Tiro de Salta. Mendoza, Salta.
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: Let's have a very quick look oh it doesn't say that's useful
1: I reckon that's Gimna <laughs> City yeah
0: I think that's Salta isn't it uh, Right. Really better of course have Atlas the uh, reality television show people what um, are you going
1: to be watching it on Fox
0: San Lorenzo play Cipolletti um, <laughs> so yeah there we go that's racing? the sort of main Rassing uh, Rassing oh no, <laughs> no Atletico <that's laughs> Mitre.
1: Mitre from God knows where so there
0: you go um, from no that was it all the <laughs> We're going to take a half-time break now, uh, refill glasses, and when we come back we will discuss Copa Libertadores. Unfortunately, we are recording just before Atletico Tucumán's (coughs) fate is sealed. Um, They're kicking off in an hour and ten minutes, uh, but I will come back at least to give you the score for that. At the very end of the podcast, we'll we'll discuss the other Libertadores um, permutations and results after the break, and then we will go into It's fair to say we've had more listeners' questions this week than we did last week, so we'll spend a while on those. Very good. So don't go anywhere. In the Copa Libertadores de America, I have a feeling that we actually recorded Wednesday last week and that we didn't include Thursday's results. In any case, I've just had a look through last week's results. I can't really remember what we have talked about and what we haven't. So let's just go through everything. Um, Estudiantes, we'll we'll deal with the Argentine teams first and then I'll just give a quick overview of all the other groups because obviously a lot of them are finishing this week. Um, Estudiantes are out of the Copa Libertadores. As I mentioned earlier, they will probably qualify um, for the Copa Sudamericana mm-hmm. because they're currently third in Group 1 um, both Botafogo and Barcelona de Guayaquil have 10 points the final weekend, uh, the Estudiantes have got 6, Atletico Nacional, the defending Libertadores champions of course um, their defence didn't last long, they've only got 3 points and the final fixtures which are going to be played on Thursday <coughs> evening <coughs> are Atletico Nacional versus Barcelona and Estudiantes versus Botafogo. So if Estudiantes can get a draw at home to Botafogo, who presumably aren't going to be trying as hard as if they still have... Of course, they can still win the group or not, depending on the result. Um, Estudiantes will be in the Sudamericana. If they lose and Atletico Nacional win, Atletico Nacional will take that spot. That one's fairly simple. Um, In group three, as I mentioned already, Riva Plate have won it with a game to spare. Uh, they face Independiente Medellin in the Monumental, also on Thursday evening. Emelec play Melgar at the same time, the standings for Group 3 at the moment. River, uh, with a draw, will ensure that they are the best group winners. Of course, that doesn't mean what it would have meant in years gone by on the Libertadores because the knockout round is not going to be exceeded. Um, but it gives you an indication of how comfortable that group has been for them. They've drawn one game, and that was sort of the home game against... No, the but if, they, they, if
2: they end uh, as the best uh, team in the... I mean, the best first uh, mm. position team, they they got, uh, for sure, their uh, knockout stages to, to play the second leg in the Monumental. But...
0: Still? Yes. Even though they're not seeding... The
2: Being before. the first of the, I mean, if he if they get they so play be, a second place team, right? Pardon? At least they
1: play a second place team at least in the last sixteen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of the group winning no, so the group, group
0: is important, of course. Because, yeah, but I mean they've won the group. I'm talking yeah. about finishing. Ah, it's a yeah.
2: because uh, they they take into consideration the to to decide whether they they are. The oh, they'll, be,
0: they'll be taking the seeding and in inverted yes. commas into consideration to decide who gets to play at home for the second leg yes okay I didn't realize that Thank and if you. they are
2: the first of all of the first uh, lead of the leaders of the of the groups they of course will be the better position yeah
0: okay. uh, the only other teams looking down all the groups who can finish level on points with Rida, uh on 13 points are Atletico Mineiro and Lanús both <laughs> of whom have already finished their groups, and have got 13 points, um, both actually have an, a superior goal difference to River, uh, in Lanús's case, partly because they, of course, got um, that, well, we'll talk about it in a second, uh, Lanus have a, an asterisk, perhaps, against some of those goals, because they haven't actually scored all of them, um, but, uh, yeah, but it does mean, obviously, that with a draw, River will, will secure that first place seeding but as, as I say we're seeding this this year for the Libertadores in inverted commas more than anything uh, Independiente Medellin however will be looking for a win to try and overturn Emelec in second place at the moment group 3 is River 13 Emelec on 7 Independiente Medellin on 6 and Melgar on 3 and as I say the final day uh, fixtures for that one are River against Independiente Medellin and Emelec against Melgar
1: 2 X ex-racing guys coming home to Buenos Aires Luis Ubelia the coach and Valentin Viola. Oh, yeah. He in Quite Apparently, right. loving life in Medellin, I heard from mm. a friend of his dad.
3: Really?
1: Yep, he's having a great time there. Which he should do because it's a very, very nice city. Glad to hear it.
0: Yeah. Um, San Lorenzo last week had a dramatic finish. I think this one was just after we finished recording, and that I just mentioned the score last week after the theme music. Um, <laughs> they were at various points during their match in third place in second place and then back down to third place and heading out and they ended up winning the group um, and sending Flamengo who during through group stages lots of people are going oh Flamengo are the best team in this competition they're, they're potential winners or the final of the Libertadores if it goes to form is going to be River against Flamengo well Flamengo are out after the first round um, because San Lorenzo ended up finishing on 10 points thanks to a 2-1 win over Flamengo with a very very late goal and um, And Atletico Paranaense, thanks to a 3-2 win away to Universidad Católica, join them. Also on 10 points. Mm -hmm. Behind only on goal difference, San Lorenzo's goal difference is 0. Atletico Paranaense is minus 1. That's why they finished second. Flamengo, with a goal difference of plus 4, finish in third place uh, with only 9 points. And Universidad Católica make things up. So Flamengo... Potential favourites for the Copa Americano if they can pick themselves up. Well, you think so? I mean, they're but almost then,
1: certain to get drawn
2: against Racing in the next round.
0: But if you can't win games away from home, I mean, they lost three out of three away. Yeah.
2: Uh, so. I, I wouldn't have put them as candidates, but I was like, well, they have, for example, Pablo Herrera, mm. he's a tremendous Peruvian striker, and well, that's because I thought that they should advance to a round of sixteen. Absolutely. But finally. Nothing. And from an Argentine point of view as
0: well Federico Mancueso Who started the year off in absolutely fantastic form Certainly in the Libertadores And, and from what I heard as well in the state championships um, And who in the last sort of three weeks Hasn't been picked at all And, and has no. fallen out The management are saying oh he's injured he's not match fit His agent saying no that's bollocks He's, he's perfectly okay to play um, And yeah he's, he's, he's thought to be on his way out of the club now Which is a bit strange
2: But there we go um, from scoring all of the goals for Independiente two years ago and being called up for exactly, the national yeah. team and scoring a goal I, I think it was against Honduras in a, yeah he moment. scored
1: one for he scored on his debut least, yeah.
0: he, he, he came on took a free kick from out near the corner flag and it went straight in about two minutes after he'd come on on his debut I remember it was the day after um, Jamie Vardy scored on his England debut that was how I, that, that was how I remembered it that's um, why you're Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why these things stick in your head that way, but in this case it did. Um, Fair enough. The other thing was that, as I say, the very, very late winner for San Lorenzo came from Bellucci, didn't it? Was it Bellucci? Yes. Um, and it came in stoppage time, and afterwards, one of the San Lorenzo players, I forget who exactly, said that Flamengo's captain had walked up to him and during stoppage time with the game still at 1-1 and said, look, the other match is already finished and it's ended 2-2. So a draw sends both of us through. So, yeah. And this guy obviously already knew that Atletico Paranaense had got a late winner of their own. Uh, just that other match, Universidad Catholic against Paranaense, it went from uh, 2-1 to Paranaense, to 2-2 and then to 3-2 in like, the last five minutes as well. It was, it was an absolutely mental finish watching it all on television. Uh, in Group 5, unfortunately, we're missing out on the culmination of Group 5. Um, because it was more convenient for everybody to record right now than, than tomorrow. Um, but Atlético Tucuman are playing for qualification. The, the fixtures in, in Group Five on Thursday are, oh, sorry, later tonight. Um, are Peñarol against Jorge Wilsterman and Palmeiras against Atlético Tucuman, who of course are in their first ever continental competition at the moment. Uh, the standings are Palmeiras was, uh, on ten points. Wilstermann on nine Atletico Tucumán on seven And Peñarón on three Which means that Peñarol are already out of course And can't even qualify for the Sudamericana But it means that everyone else Is very much alive Because if Wilstermann and Atletico Tucumán both win There's no reason that they can't both overturn Palmeiras And leave Palmeiras in the, um, in the Sudamericana spot so Atletico would you know,
1: have to win by two goals
0: Exactly yeah, to, yeah. Well by one if, if, they, if they win by one Then the goal difference will be level no, and Palmeiras will be ahead of goals scored, you're right, yeah. So they need to win by two. Um finish ahead of Palmeiras on goal difference. Will any victory at all, of course, sees the Leapfrog Palmeiras? Um the strongest are into the knockout stage. Yes. I'll just say this now. There you are. We, we asked a few weeks ago when was the last time two Bolivian sides reached the knockout stage? And when was it, Sam? Yesterday I looked it up, it was two thousand fourteen. Uh, yeah, third. Ah. Bolivar are the strongest, both of it. Of course, Bolivar got to the semis in mm. 2014 when San Lorenzo, ah, of course, yeah. um, which we'd completely forgotten about. So it turns out it's a bit less impressive than it was. But and uh, before
1: that, we don't have a clue.
0: Isn't it? Uh, group six has already finished. It finished last week, and Godoy Cruz are through. Atlético uh, Mineiro win the group with 13 points, as I mentioned. Uh, Godoy Cruz second on 11. Libertad have the Sudamericana spot, and Sportboys Sport Boys sway behind. Boys, uh, can't make it. A sport sport boys, Bolivian Indeed, Sport Boys from the avenue that Dan lives on. Indeed. Uh, which extends all the way to Peru, apparently. <laughs>
1: it's a long, hard avenue, yeah. It is. Luckily, um, you've got a lot of mechanics out there to, to help you anyway.
0: Group 7 is also finished, and it's finished in slightly controversial circumstances. Is I mean, it not, really not, controversial? Not really, it's not really controversial at all. Hmm. Lanús win Group 7 with 13 points. Nacional have 8. Chapicoense have 7. And Sulia of Venezuela have 5. The reason that we say it's slightly controversial is that last Thursday, after we recorded, um, Shapikoense beat Lanús 2 1 in Lanús with Luis Otavio scoring the winning goal. Um, and it afterwards transpired that Luis Otavio had been suspended for that match. He'd been handed a three match suspension for a sending off against Suria, I think it was, not it? Or Nacional, oh, Nacional. Nacional sorry, Iraq. The game before, <laughs> um, he'd played the second leg of the Re Copa Sudamericana. He's sorry, he'd been suspended for that. And Shapikoense had been under the impression it was a one match suspension, they'd included him in the lineup. Lanus had spotted this before kick-off, gone to the referee and said, "Hey, this guy's suspended. You'd better let them know so they don't, mm. you know, play him and, and get, the, get the point stopped." Um, the officials then pointed this out to Shapicoense. Shapikoense said, "No, he's only suspended for one match." A Combi official came down, used his phone to show them the email that had been sent to Shapikoense saying he's suspended for three matches. And uh, this is where sort of versions diverge a little bit. Shapicoense claim. That they were told you can take him out of the lineup, but you're not actually allowed to replace him. So you'll only be playing with ten men if you do take him out of the lineup. Come on. Nah. Other people are saying you know that they had the opportunity to replace him, but admittedly
2: a few minutes. Then, then I heard that the coach wasn't uh, going to That's ridiculous, and, because and How many times they see a player yeah, injured
0: before? The, the yeah. president, the president said that it was him who'd made the decision to include him in the lineup, and he said you know well, we'll appeal it afterwards if they take the points off. I mean. Well, Obviously, that's... everybody in South America is still tremendously sympathetic, given what happens to oh, Shauna yeah. but that was just idiocy. I mean, I'm mean, i sorry, but that argument is ridiculous, yeah. because how
1: many times does a player get injured in the warm-up warm up and they have to take him out? Hmm. It's not a problem no, at, at
0: all. Um, no, and apart from anything else, it's like, well, even if you are only going to be playing with 10 men, you've still got a chance of getting a draw or maybe snatching a win hmm. if you're playing the whole game with 10 men. What's the point in playing with eleven when you know one of them's suspended and you know that it's going to be handled as a 3-0 walker? Yeah. <laughs> why <laughs> why do it? Why, t- take the, the, yeah. the diminished chance of getting the point that you need um, you know, over that. But anyway, that, that, so that was a slightly anticlimactic finish really to Group 7 because that uh, punishment was confirmed about four or five hours before um, Tuesday evening's final Group
2: 7 matches.
0: So it sort of took a lot of the drama out.
2: Just like messy suspension. Mm-hmm against Bolivia it's four or five hours before
1: indeed might as well have put Messi to play in that game to be honest Uh,
0: and then group 8 doesn't involve any Argentine clubs so we can Mm. now go through the other groups not involving Argentine clubs group 2 as I mentioned the strongest have qualified from it uh, with a Mm. 1-1 draw away to Independiente by the skin skin of their teeth
1: it was gripping stuff
0: it was very uh, entertaining indeed Santos won the group fairly handily with 12 points the strongest have 9 Independiente Santa Fe go into the Sudamericana <coughs> with eight and Sporting Cristal make up the numbers with two points in the next group down without any Argentine clubs with bloody hell there are a lot of Argentine clubs aren't there um, which is group eight so there are only two groups yeah. without Argentine teams in of course there are because there are six Argentine teams and none of them are in the same group there you go simple mathematics Samuel would have told you this uh, group eight Grêmio uh, there's, oh there's one game to go in this group it's finishing tomorrow isn't it Gremio um, have 10 points, Guarani of Paraguay have 10 points, Deportes Iquique, who the Conmebol website tells us very proudly have become the first team to use Conmebol's own pitch in Luque, as they prepare to play Guarani in their last game, have 9 points, and Zamora of Venezuela may as well not be taking part, they
1: have no points at all like um, all the Venezuelan clubs to be honest it's not been a year where they've covered themselves in glory well,
0: at least I haven't finished on no points yeah. uh, Gremio versus Samora you would think it's going to be a Gremio win and Guarani against Deportes Iquique is where the fun is going to be tomorrow <laughs> evening uh, because of course as I said Guarani have 10 points Deportes Iquique have 9 so that's a straight fight for the final qualification so assuming of course that Samora don't do something astonishing against Gremio and dump them into the Sudamerican <laughs> How does Samora do actually to no, they can't come there. Sorry, Andres. But even if Zamora win, Gremio in the next round anyway, they, yeah, they, they just, can just might not win the group. Right. Yeah, because Barany and
1: Botafogo can't
2: both uh, win. So it is indeed Andres, a fight it. to the death. I don't understand. I, I honestly don't understand Samora the way they qualify to the Copa Libertadores because I remember having played at least 2015 Copa Libertadores, being in the same group like both the Tamp losing. I think all of the matches or, or similar. And now again the same situation. It's, I, I think it's quite curious at least. Mm. But then again, I wonder how some of these teams manage because
0: yeah. yeah, we had the a couple of a week or two weeks ago when Juan Alrich of Peru lost six one to Arsenal. Yes. To Arsenal. <laughs> and you sort of look at that. That was the game. In fact, that was the last time we recorded here, wasn't it? Because we re- we turned yes. over afterwards ah, yeah. and saw the full time scorer. And we were all sort of sitting in mouths of gold, thinking, how. How do you lose 6 1 to Arsenal de Sarandí? Sacachispas put them out <laughs> of the Copa Argentina. How bad do you have to lose 6 1? we're to saying play? is
1: the Primera C is better than the, the Peruvian division.
2: B- sacachispas have fire. Indubitably. Right? Indubitably. I mean, Indubitably. It clearly
0: is. Yeah. Um, we have had a bunch of listeners' questions, which we will move right. straight yeah. on to. They are for bloody hell member of <laughs> Um The first of them was sent in a couple of days ago from Joseph Sexton, who asks Apologies if I have sent this question in before. I know that I meant to what is Toto Beritzo's mm. reputation like in Argentina Imho excellent work in the last three years at Celta. excellent work he says he does say excellent I don't know off, if he's a dab hand
1: it. at Chinese cookery or well, I don't I, know I, I, am, I am a,
0: a, a pedant as you know Dan, but I don't like to pull people up on it like that publicly no I'd just like to
1: it. know you know just to make sure it's not you know, he could be a decent Chinese chef indeed uh, yeah. on the football side
0: in answer to Joseph's question he has done excellent
1: work reputation. No, he, he was... People watch a lot
0: of football are aware
1: of it. He was Bielsa's assistant for many no. years at Chile, right? And we all know the excellent work they did there. Mm. Um, he was at an Argentine club for a while, I think. But I can't remember. Did you not have a spell at Estudiantes? Very briefly. Uh, Tell me in a
0: second. Eduardo Berisso. Oh, it's one R and two Zs. So Berisso. Berisso. Yeah. Uh, he
1: has he did yes
0: had spells as a trainer at Estudiantes. you're quite right 15 <laughs> games <laughs> no Which one can form my memory this. no one No. Uh, in the 2011 Clausura, mm-hmm. before going to O'Higgins, O'Higgins in Chile and then obviously to Celta
1: it seems like he did very well in O'Higgins he did didn't he yeah. I don't know if he won a title well, he must have done right if he uh what does it say
0: he Tone- did, too. Toneo Apertura and the Chilean Super Cup. So Toneo. one proper title and one
1: other and one. He won the keys to the municipality of R- Rancagua. That's so that doesn't, you know, so I think that's... And now we finals of the
2: Europa League. Yeah. Lo- losing is the champions. Mm. Indeed. Yeah, okay. I think well done it's then.
1: not particularly well-known as you know, it's its big achievements have come outside of Argentina. You know, Similarly to, to San Paulo I think there's still a kind of... Reluctance in certain sectors about this guy because you know what he has done hasn't been in Argentina, which, as we all know, is where the real footballs played. Mm. Which is of we course why Messi a, is not the real deal still.
2: Indeed. We should see him in a bigger team, perhaps. Berisa, I don't know
1: what's next for Berisha.
0: Well, he's being fairly hotly touted as Jorge Sampaoli's replacement at Sevilla. Ah, oh, that makes
1: sense. Ah, um, step up, then he's on the right track.
0: I, I always liked him until just before he played Manchester United in the Europa League semi final when um, I had pointed out to me some comments that he made a year or two ago about gay people, which were phenomenally homophobic. So, um, yeah, I've, I've gone off him a bit since then. But obviously, from a football point of view, uh, he's a fine tactician and his teams play lovely stuff when they're not bafflingly uh, lacking in attacking talent against a very defensive Manchester United. Uh, Conor Gallagher says leaving aside the 30 team madness which were the most and least geographically diverse seasons i did respond to him here saying i'm going to have to cancel my walk uh pre-recording now and i didn't actually do that um
1: well we might as well we can say that before 1968 every season was the least geographically diverse because it was the first division was only open to metro. Metropolitano and Rosario teams. Indeed. In that, 1968, that seasons, the split it? became between the Metropolitana and Nacional.
0: When we say Metropolitano, it's Rosario, Greater
1: Buenos Aires and La Plata. Yes, and the Nacional tournament, which had a similar system to the current Federale, which, as I said before, no one understands, yeah. which was kind of groups involving teams from all around the, the country, such as Catamarca... Um, uh, Jojoi all sorts of teams in there Chaco so
0: some of those are probably the contenders for most diverse in fact you know, yeah think?
1: to be honest with the amount of changes the Argentine league season has had it's very hard to yeah. say
0: at Le- least would be the first sort of decade or two when it was essentially just clubs from Greater Buenos Aires and almost nobody else
1: yeah I mean, I'm that's, that's trying to think if to we could at least narrow this down to the years where we've been here <laughs> I so over
0: the last Seven, eight years. Yeah,
1: I remember
0: when I came... I'll let you do this. I think we had Godoy Cruz. Godoy Cruz have been fairly standard. Yeah, Godoy Cruz and Atletico Tucumán were in
1: the first year I was here. Who else has been up? Uh, The Santa Fe clubs, but I don't know if they really count. Olimpo have been a fairly constant presence as well. Mm, San Martin in the last few years have been there. No, we'll yeah, there's a, usually been about four or five interior uh, teams. Well, yeah, if cru- you crucero
0: say. del Norte ah, in the first of, course, of the 30-team
1: yeah. cool. seasons. In uh, BCRX, which you don't see. It famed experiment. experiment. But yeah, it's, and
2: now, um, probably Guillermo Brown from Puerto Madri. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Will promote. they be the first
1: Patagonian team in Primera? Possibly. Yes. We'll, we'll
0: look it up properly in time for whatever we next remember.
1: That sounds good. So, yeah, yeah, we say if you want to go far enough back, then every tournament was the least diverse and every tournament was the most diverse. Indeed. Other than that, it's set for grabs.
0: Abidul Islam asks Tell us about the Superliga and its process in AFA. There's not an awful lot to tell you that we've not told you already, really. It's a rebranding of the Primera, uh, as yeah. we've mentioned in the last few weeks, and we don't really know anything more about it than that because nothing's been finalised yet.
1: No, the question is how's it going to. Chime with this new TV deal, the AFA of struck it with like Tarna Fox. Um, mm. It basically is the key because I get the feeling the clubs are kind of placated now by the elections, well, elections um, in inverted commas, which put Tapia in, front, in charge and Moshano, Achilici on the board. So that's kind of quelled, quelled emotions in the, top, in the top clubs at least. Because they know that they're still going to have a big say in the AFA, so the need to kind of break away fully in this kind of Premier League system and and keep the TV rights for themselves isn't as important now. Because with the current make of make up of the AFA, they will end up taking most of the TV money. I'm sure.
0: Well, they will now because the Super League is being formed. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not. not but I'm saying it's to going say to be in
1: cooperation with the AFA rather than at odds with the AFA because yes, the yeah, guys yeah. in charge of the AFA are the same guys pushing for Super League yeah, and taking yeah. the money. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to it's happen. A mess.
0: It, it's you know, it's, it's like uh, Premier League, La Liga, uh, sort of system is is what they're aiming for. Uh, Dawson Pies asks, "What is the importance slash popularity of the Copa Argentina among the clubs and the general public? Do the early stages draw attention?"
1: No. Not for the B. When yeah. there's an upset Like Sacacipas have been Of course yeah, Big yeah It's kind of no, like the FA the, Cup the, I mean
0: it, It's like the FA Cup Except that People haven't had 130 years To sort of Get into it And really <laughs> understand What it's about I mean You've I, I've noticed a lot less Of what we saw In the first sort of Two or three years Of it existing Which was fans of Particularly Boca and River And to an extent The other big clubs Kind of going Oh, it's embarrassing this. Why should we have to play these teams? There's the risk that we might lose to them and that would be humiliating. Mm. Uh, there's much less of that now and I think people are starting to get on board with this idea that actually if a Primera side goes out to a Primera safe and side, th- yeah, it's, it's not really the good fun the and it's entertaining. It's yeah. what the Cup's about. But it's still not been entirely accepted. Teams like, that's
2: like Belgrano Arsenal, for example, that there are uh, more Arsenal than Belgrano uh, trying not to be related. These thi- this matches against <coughs> the de Buenos Aires, for example, in the middle of the week, it's more complicated than than it's more the the, the what the, the bad things than the 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 benefits because yeah. uh, they have to think more on the relegation than than that and i i i watched part of the match between granado and the estudiantes de buenos aires and the commentators commentator said that the estudiantes the buenos aires players before the shootout penalty shootout were like come on let's do it eh? and the granado players were like well they were like more more motivated than the grand players and that's true it's more for the, sm- uh, the smaller teams than for the teams for Primera the, the, the importance of the of the early rounds indeed um, Phil
0: Carney asks <laughs> with a bit of a plug for what I suspect is, is a, a Twitter account that he set up himself <laughs>
1: it must be right
0: as Pepe Sand closes in on his 100th Lanus goal at Pepe Countdown how are you planning on marking the big centenary um, Jose Sand has become in the last couple of weeks Laos <laughs> all time third highest goal scorer he's got about 84 maybe no 83, 84 the um, time closes
1: on it then he's got two yeah, seasons still I, I think so. I might,
0: maybe i have misremembering maybe it's 93 or 94 but I'm sure he's got a little bit of a way to go and he's 36, 36. surely it says on
1: Pepe Countdown you would think. you'd Think. I mean, that's Check. the whole raison d'être. We, we've well, that right?
0: so it'd be embarrassing if it's not. Um, that appears to be eighty-eight. Oh, okay. So he's got a few more than I thought. Um, oh no. I'm oh, sorry. This is actually in in Spanish, so it might very well not be uh, one that Phil's made up himself. Um, yeah. There's no actual countdown on Pepper Countdown, which is slightly confusing. Uh. <laughs> but um, yeah so uh, uh, Phil is asking uh, how are we planning on market we're, we're not
1: I'm gonna no doubt
0: we'll say something
1: I'm <laughs> gonna go down to Parque Centenario uh, find one of the kittens that like to sleep in in the leafy grounds around the museum I'm gonna wrap it up in a blanket take it home care for it a lot and then call it Pepe and then when Pepe scores his 100th goal I'm gonna fling it from my balcony Phil <laughs> I'm going to send it flying through the air, just for your Pepe.
0: This is how strongly Dan feels uh, about a, a, a veteran striker. He's going to fly. He's been absolutely useless for most of his clubs, apart from Lanús. <laughs> he so. missed two penalties in one game. Uh, Phil then further asks, a party for the nation's finest number nine, sarcastic tweets, or just complete indifference? Delete as applicable. I don't know why we'd hold a party for Mallory, can't we? <laughs> tish, thank you. Um, Phil also asked a serious question. Jorge Almiron is apparently close to extending his contract with Lanús. He came in after the disappointment at Independiente, completely changed the style of play and made a series of inspired signings. Gomez, Marconi, Sand, as well as improving those already there. What do you think is achievable for him at Lanús and further into the future? Europe, a grande or maybe the national team?
1: Mm. First of all, we would have to take another, another swing at a grande because from yeah. Lanús to, from to Europe's a, a step too far from the Argentine media's point of view at least yeah
0: otherwise possibly I mean maybe somewhere like Mexico could be a good possibly Mexico Austria, yeah Chile Mexico you you know, must know, have, I mean, we were just talking about yeah. Barizo, who went to Chile and then from O'Higgins went to Celta Vigo so mm. it's not necessary I see
1: him but Barizo had the name because he was Bielsa's assistant yeah, yeah, he, yeah, was, he I, was I see him as a
2: candidate man. if of course Boca I, I I want it but it's something that I, I must be objective in at this but, point. If Boca doesn't win the championship and Yishermo finally doesn't renew his contract or his fire would
0: go back to Lanus again though? After
2: could be Yishermo to Lanus no. and Arminon to Boca. That would, would be <laughs> It wouldn't
0: be a bad replacement for, you know, if, if Gasaro goes to Europe. Mm. Probably not in the middle of this year. It looks like he wants to go for the Libertadores, but at the end of the year. Um, yeah, it's not about sure And would be I mean, stylistically at least it's a slightly yeah. better fit maybe uh, But yeah it, it, All of the above are a very real possibility The national team obviously no. is further into the future Perhaps, depending yeah. on how he does
1: He'd have to prove himself a, a grande And then Well, he, in he did the well. independiente but uh, no,
2: A second chance perhaps
1: Yeah, yeah, everyone says a
0: second chance Arsenal Fanatic says Sergio Romero has conceded just one goal in 540 minutes in various finals World Cup Copa America Olympics and now the Europa League he says is he actually underrated discuss and I'm going to first of all before I go into this uh, mention that he he, that second tweet is he actually underrated has a laughing emoji in it as if to suggest that this is and I'm guessing since it's an English Arsenal fan uh, that this is um, a sarcastic comment Mm -hmm. and he assumes that it's a foregone conclusion what we're going to say But he happens, of course, to be uh, asking this question to a podcast which has got at least two people in the room who have been saying for quite some time that, yes, he is an underrated goalkeeper. Um, So, yeah, of course he is.
1: I don't know if it's a case of him being underrated or just not rated due to the fact he doesn't play that often. Mm. I'd say that for Argentina, he's never let down the team. You're talking about a guy who's played 80-83 International Cup? In his, international appearances Argentina's I believe Argentina's
0: most cast most goalkeeper, goalkeeper ever
1: yes and in all those games you know you're talking about three major finals four if you include the Olympics he's never let them down in any of those games the only the first few ga- the first few years yeah he flapped yeah. a bit
0: the only mistakes I can remember him making for Argentina were in that 5-2 win away to Paraguay mm. in qualifying for 2014 uh, where both of the Paraguay goals were his fault that was but his debut no, it wasn't. Oh, no, no I'm no, thinking about for that 2010, but I mean, sorry. But, but that, that was the sort of... And, and they scored five at the other end. It wasn't mm. sort of like, oh, this is a really big game to let two goals like that in. Um, and I've always sort of thought that he... I've always felt that if he, if he got a decent run in a team for a, a full season, you know, he, the mistakes are going to come early on as he's settling mm. back into playing. But then after that, he, he cuts them out. I mean, yeah, sure, he's not the best goalkeeper in the world, but he's a long way from being as rubbish as some people uh, no, that's it.
1: He's definitely not a clowny. He does ob- the, the basics was, all right.
0: Yeah. Obviously, the clean sheet today was sort of okay. Yeah. He mm-hmm. doesn't get to take very much credit for that because mm-hmm. Ajax were awful. Uh, but in the semi-final of the Europa League, he, he made some very important interventions.
2: So yeah, yeah. it's yes, it's strange because uh, the three finals uh, with the uh, major national team. I mean, the most important of them. The to Copa America finals and the World Cup final, he they, he lost me with the team. Uh, the Three finals, only conceding one goal. Yeah,
1: that would be in 570 minutes if you count extra time with in the World Cup final. Uh, possibly, yeah. I believe. I'm,
0: I've not been adding it all up,
1: but yeah, maybe. Yeah, two, two Copa Americas, Olympics the finals. Europa all believe
0: 120 minutes, didn't they? So that's 360 minutes plus ah, 90 more in the Europa. Uh three hundred and sixty plus ninety is four four hundred and fifty. I've got right the five hundred and forty. Oh, plus the Olympics, sorry. Yeah, yes. Okay, so that's the other ninety, isn't it? So I yeah,
2: mean, b- r- r- Perhaps Perhaps wants or likes as it was said, a, a goalkeeper goalkeeper with a better footwork, like for example Nahuel Guzmán.
0: Yeah, that that's that's what we're expecting. Yes. So Guzmán yeah. or Geronimo or Roli are expected to fight for the place and possibly yes. eventually to um or, or well maybe eventually or maybe quite soon. To replace Romero as number one choice But I think Romero is going to remain in the squad At the very yeah. least The thing about
1: Romero is that he needs to be playing regular games
0: <laughs> Precisely, yeah uh, he, he may or may not get the opportunity to Because we saw him earlier saying Racing are my home and if I ever come back to Argentina That will be the club I go to I'll uh, take was, him right yeah. now as Orion uh, he, sure. he was linked to get a month or two but
2: ago he, with River maybe. But. If he comes back to Racing I don't think that they clean sheets And that will remain We'll, we'll continue
1: Uh, Once we get Orion out of the way, then the clean sheets are going to flow. I
0: suspect that he's going to remain a Manchester United player for a little while. He's certainly won some of the fans over with uh, his performances in the Europa League. And of course, the the, the, the obvious progression is that he'll be chosen to keep goal in in the Champions League next season now. Well, it seems so, right? That's that's the logic behind it, right? Uh, Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says, Is the knockout draw format... For the Libertadores, the same as before, with best group winner versus worst runner-up, etc. We've answered that one already. Obviously, earlier on, uh, the answer is no. Um, it's going to be all of the group winners put in one pot, all the group runners-up put in another. They're all drawn against each other. Group winners will uh, define the series at home. so They'll have the second leg at home. And then, as Andres mentioned earlier, um, what will be seeded is who gets to um, play the second leg at home throughout the rest of the knockout stage apparently but uh, apart from that no it's not Cedar Liam also offers to do predictions so you'll be hearing his predictions in a few minutes for this weekend's matches Chris Hartley asks quick question how does football and religion combine in Argentine football do Argentines show it as openly as Brazilians no
1: what does come through here a lot is the superstition I think more than religion Mm, You think? cabalas Uh, cabalas people you know giving themselves the sign of the cross Burying, burying games. dead cats in
0: football stadiums that kind of burying thing.
1: dead cats in football stadiums or digging them up as the yeah. case of Superstitious maybe.
0: like
2: uh, Mustafa yeah.
1: there's a big uh, superstitious current through um through Argentine football for example always
2: Mostaza, has been. doesn't like flowers and the the supporters of the rivals when see Mostasa throw throw him flowers <laughs> just to give give, give him bad luck that.
0: So it's borderline troll behaviour rather yeah. than religion as such, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Argentines by and large are sort of on the more, um, should we say the, the more Irish side of Catholicism. Let's say, in spite of actually of, of having a pope, by and large, uh, these are people who don't really practice. They all say, "Oh yeah, I'm Catholic." but they're not actually practising. No, by and uh, large, they're
1: non-practising. But and the, and the few it's who culturally practice, Catholic, it's a, yeah.
0: The, the few who do practise really go for it big time, um, but you don't tend to see it much in the, in the stadiums. No. Uh, Chris, uh, apologies if I just defended any of our Irish listeners, by the way. Um, I didn't mean it like that. Chris Murtag says, I'll do some predictions now. We'll send them via... Oh, so we've got two lots of predictions. Cool. I thought uh, we should actually, do uh, a prediction head-to-head. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let, we'll do that, in fact. Yeah. Uh, so Chris has sent his predictions. I'll, I'll read those out in a minute as well. David H Lee says How has Chinese money Affected Argentine football so far Is it helping teams in Argentina nice. To develop their youth system better Or is it busy fattening their pockets I'm really fascinated about that The money should have gone somewhere um, Should have done right I'm Who? not aware of any Chinese money coming into Argentina No there has mm. been
1: Tevez. Very bad. Oh right oh, like, like transfers
0: yeah, sure, but yeah
1: well that's what he's talking about right It must be I assume that's what he's yeah. talking about And for Racing Rocha Martinez And Oscar Romero Both gone To China Mm. The money It's gone into the stadium It's gone into a couple of Infrastructure stuff It's Uh, gone to paying players It's gone to paying players Not going in debt Yeah I think the problem is In Argentina That teams are so Precarious in their economics That any money that does come in Usually Mm. goes out yeah, but it doesn't that necessarily mean anyone's fattening their pockets, although many are. Yeah. Um, just the fact that, you know, the money, they don't have this money lying around to invest in crazy youth shit when they need to pay players, basically.
2: No, absolutely. But Tevez wasn't poor before. Yeah. No, but I think he's
1: talking about the clubs more, like Boca. How have Boca enjoyed the money that Tevez has. Yes, brought? and now Boca,
2: if Tevez wants to come back to Boca, we'll say we. And Telichi will say, okay pay the cl- release clause and come yeah. uh, he, They won't pay any, any Apparently he doesn't
1: percent. have a release clause if he comes back at the end of next this year Because he had a clause written into his contract that said If he failed to adapt to Chinese life <laughs> Perish ah, the thought for yeah. Tevez, this renowned Which, world traveller and, and he'd, he'd be allowed to return only to Boca without a uh, penalty But he went
2: to China with 15 people more or less Yeah yeah, it it
0: people it was reported as recently as last week that he is failing to adapt he doesn't like the food I'm he doesn't sure like the language i mean how an argentine could with their famously uh broad taste in in various mm. cuisines from around the world could go to china and not get on with the food so there, Sorry, are,
2: there no must no, there must not be uh, this potato pie with meat yeah. pie. it's a patio de papa or milanesa with poulet mm. but uh, well that's Yeah, Australian
0: Dan used to make the joke that uh, there are basically three food groups in Argentina, which are the milanesa, the steak and the pizza, um, with pasta as a a possible side option. Um, So yeah, the idea that he's not finding Chinese food quite to his taste is is quite unsurprising. It also suggests suggests he didn't go out for an awful lot of meals in Manchester, or at least not to the right places.
1: I don't think he did. Manchester's got a very nice Chinatown. So I really I'm don't think he, he hit about. the town much in Manchester. Even. But anyway,
0: oh, I saw it. I saw him out for a meal one night in yeah. Manchester. He bought right past Pizza. Uh, he was going to—I don't know where the place. Actually, it might have been an Italian <laughs> place. I, <imagine>. um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I was going into a Korean restaurant, and he was going into yeah, what like an Italian or a cocktail bar or something, a couple of doors up. Uh,
1: so he wasn't going into a Korean restaurant with you. No, he wasn't.
0: No. Uh, David also asks Talking of Manchester He says uh, Who can be a replacement For Paul Scholes For Manchester United In the current Argentine <coughs> league Are there any good Passing midfielders about the Darren Poole
1: Has proposed Luciano <laughs> The
0: first thing I will say Is that Manchester United Should have sorted out A replacement for Paul Scholes You'd think so wouldn't you?
1: About seven or eight years ago Is Mkhitaryan Not that kind of player
0: He is Or at least in the current. I mean, he's not obviously the same kind of player. That's always skulls of the current system.
1: Real passing midfielder, wasn't he? More like, you know, playing off the striker, getting in there. Yeah, a
0: bit of both. Bit of both. Second striker, playmaker. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's let's take the question on face value. Um. And yeah, good, decent passing midfielders. Christ. Nacho Fernandez for me. Nacho Fernandes I I hate. I, I know I mention him every week, but. Yeah, he's in the Argentine national team now. He is, it's
2: true.
0: Acuna, a week after we mentioned it as a possibility, clearly Jorge Sampaoli listens to... Not Jorge Sampaoli. Somebody at the AFA listens yeah.
2: to him. Taking him out of Boca, of the moment that Boca, that they are the leaders of the league, but we know that they're not playing brilliantly. perhaps Fernando Gago, as an overall passer, no? Get out. <laughs> no,
1: a replacement for Busca, isn't it? Ah, OK. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry.
0: Marcus Acuna won't Star-up. be a bad Acuna I wouldn't complain about yeah.
1: well, possibly mm, thinking in, in Independiente he might be a little bit more advanced Rigoni who's been playing Obarco yeah but Rigoni
0: actually is, is a, for the second striker sort of uh, the young pulse goal no is so,
1: more defensive in the field. Um, you're thinking too far down the pitch Acaciba is, is the next
0: Berron but if he went to so England so. now he'd be appreciated more than Berron was uh, when he went to Manchester United, he so, ain't he? and obviously you know he, he's a bit more of a sort of pure defensive midfielder as well. But I, I think that uh, I, I can mm. see some similarities there. Um, Tom Robinson says, "In honor of Sacachispas, which Primera player would you choose to be a real life superhero?" <laughs> um, Artiós.
1: <Ortigoz>. Artiós.
0: <Ortigoz. laughs> yes, he has to be, doesn't it? Pie man. taking out Homer
1: Simpson's cape. And becoming the new pie man.
0: Bob Roberts says, whatever happened to play-by-play announcer Marcelo Araujo? I loved Dracula. his calls <laughs> on sports here in the US. Uh, he retired about a
1: year yeah, or did. two ago. I'd like to point out that that tweet has a favourite from ex-podder uh, Joel Richards. Yeah.
0: It, it's got it, <laughs> it means
1: favorites. he liked it. Yeah, he retired, right? Oh, Dracula. Yeah, yeah I
0: think a year I remember... I can't remember which game it was, but I remember him saying before his last match, you know, this is going to be my last game. It was all very tearful and stuff. So, I yeah, don't he's... think he's
1: ever been heard from again. Uh, no. Apparently it was uh, Titi Fernandez's last Superclassico. The other Superclassico. Mm. He said it on the pitch.
0: Ah, uh, that, yes, that, yes, that rings a bell. And finally, Sace Mass asks, have you got a link to download on Overcast?
1: What's Overcast? Huh? never heard of it.
0: Uh, so the answer is no. Uh, I'll look into it. You can, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes or on... Um, those other ones which we're parts of, uh, which I've forgotten the names of now. Uh, tune in. Button. Thank you. Tune. tune in and there's one other one. Um begins with an S. SoundCloud. Screw no. uh, well, you no. download Stitcher on, yeah. T- Stitcher or something like huh? that. Stitcher, thank you. Uh, well done Andres, thank you very much. So iTunes, TuneIn uh, tune in or Stitcher, you can subscribe via them and of course, as Dan says, you can also follow us on SoundCloud, which is where the pod's actually hosted. I have never heard of Overcast before, but if we get listeners writing and asking, I will look into getting us hosted there. We have had people, by the way, ask in the past about Spotify, that Spotify only allow podcasts on who they invite themselves, and you've got to have like 100,000 listeners. So if you want us to get onto Spotify... Get us! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone <laughs> you know! Tell about 20 of your friends and tell them to download us every single week, and yeah, then we might actually be able to make some money out of this as well, and mm. I'll be able to pay the rent rather know. than scrabbling around in my savings. Um... The next music that you hear is going to be Mystic, uh, who have we got? Liam and Chris's music, and the predictions for each match are going to be Mystic Liam and the Mystic Chris's predictions. Um, this is the first ever mystical head-to-head. So, don't go away. Okay, this weekend, here's the head-to-head. Mystic Liam is going for an Independiente away win over Alba and so is Mystic Chris. On Saturday, they're both going for a Colon win (coughs) at home to Gymnasia, but there's a difference. (gasps) We were hoping there were going to be some differences, otherwise this would have got quite boring. At least we know they've got
1: different crystal wool manufacturers. Indeed.
0: In Banfield vs. Tempele, Liam is going for a home victory, whilst Chris is going for a draw. Both have plumped for a draw in Newell's Old Boys versus Olimpo. Both have plumped for a Boca Juniors away win over Huracan, which does admittedly seem like the only reasonable prediction for that one. Uh, both have gone for a home win for Racing against San Lorenzo. Big call, that one. <laughs> there is a difference in San Martin versus Sarmiento, Liam's going for a San Martin victory, Chris is going for a draw. <laughs> for that might ju- be the
1: only exciting thing about that game, working out who wins the mystical face-off.
0: Indeed. For Defensa Justicia versus Tigre, they're both going for a Defensa y Justicia win. For Arsenal versus Lanús, there's a very significant, uh, such a significant one that I'm wondering whether Chris has made a typo, uh, Liam is going for a Lanús victory. While Chris is coming for an Arsenal victory. Well, they've been doing alright. It's brave. Lately, you know. Have they? Arsenal. Apart from the Senate so keepers. Apart defeat. from all of the continuously bad results that they've had. Yeah, no, they won at the weekend. Like, Did they awesome. we
3: just say that? Did they? Yeah. Oh,
0: God. I think what what's going to come down to is that Lalo's a, a significantly better team, but who knows? We'll, mm. we'll find out.
2: do you speaking, um, him his Arsenal from here? From Sarania, not the Arsenal? I think they are. <laughs> I think
0: so. <laughs> we don't know. For Tacheres vs Atlético Tucumán, they're both going for a draw. For River vs Rosario Central, they're both going for a River Plate victory. Atlético de Rafaela vs <coughs> Belgrano, Liam is going for a draw, and Chris is going for an Atlético de Rafaela victory. Patronato against Godoy Cruz, Liam's going for a draw, and Chris is going for a Godoy Cruz win. Estudiantes versus Union there's another difference Liam's going for an Estudiantes win Chris is going for a draw and for Vélez versus Quilmes they're both going for home victories and Liam adds do not watch this
1: match Sage Couldn't of us Sage of us Definitely I think that's the best prediction of the week it. to be honest
0: Indeed um, I won't be I'll be at the pub as I normally am at that time on a Monday evening <laughs> Um I don't think we've had any other comments or questions, so it's time to wrap up for the week. Thank you very much to both Liam and Chris um, for sending in your predictions this weekend. Week. Uh, I'll be back right after the theme music to let you know what happens with the conclusion of Atletico Tucumán's Copa Libertadores group. Obviously, the conclusion of River's Doris group is is somewhat less tense because, as we say, they've won it already anyway. Um, and join us again next week. And if you're Argentine, have a very good 25th of May if you're listening to this on the 25th of May rather than after. If you're listening to it after, we hope you had one. Um, thank you and good night. From Andres. Thank you. Good night. From Dan. Thank you and good night. And from me, thank you and good night. <laughs> Uh, there's been heartbreak for Atletico Tucumán. They've gone out of the Copa Libertadores in Montevideo, already eliminated Peñarol, beat Jorge Wilstermann in front of an empty stadium. They were uh, serving a, a stadium ban for incidents against Palmeiras last week, or the week before, um, which meant that any result, any win at all for Atletico Tucumán would have sent them through alongside Palmeiras, but they lost 3-1. It was, for the most part, a pretty... Exciting match especially the second half but Palmeiras grabbed a couple of late goals and uh, some interesting trivia for you is that in stoppage time they took a 3-1 lead through Zeroberto who at 43 years old has become the oldest goal scorer in Copa Libertadores history.